Hello there and welcome to the Pint-Sized Healing Podcast. My name is Max Thompson, let's get started. So I'm here with the lovely guy, I can't say your name now. So I'm here... I'm here with the wonderful Carrie, and we are about to read a blog post. And uh, it's not even one of mine. It's uh, something that my lovely husband uh, talked about. And uh, so we're going to go for that. Um, it's called oh, The House of Mirrors. Ooh, sounds spooky. Does it? It does. Okay. Oh, it's not? <laughs> Should I know this? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I've never really thought of ha- a House of Mirrors as being... Yeah, well, I guess because you can get lost in it, right? Because there's mirrors. Or maybe I'm thinking of like a house of horrors or something like on a TV. Yeah, maybe you are thinking of that. But this is more like one of those, do you know those places in carnivals where you um, you walk in and it has all the kind of... Oh, yeah, then I am thinking of the right thing. Because like like in horror movies, how they go in and they see the... Yeah, maybe I don't think it's scary because I don't watch horror movies. That could be the thing. I don't watch horror movies either because... So how do you know about things in horror movies? Like, seriously. Yeah, but things that aren't fully horror movies, like just thrillers and that are kind of scary. Okay, well, Carrie is now scared to continue reading this. (laughs) But uh, she's going to have to face her fears. Here we go, people. (laughs) Oh, my God. Great segue. Let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) right um meeting Mm. that family was like walking into a house of mirrors my perception of myself my partner the world it all got distorted wait sorry is this walking into the house of your parents yeah 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 that family definitely refers to my family yeah yeah that's far off that is how that works uh in our house Uh, I'm completely lost because like (laughs) where was I I was halfway through sentence I think my perception of myself my partner the world it all got distorted and because everyone else was acting as if it was completely normal it was very hard to figure out where all the bends on the mirrors were I instantly noticed the oddness of this family but it took me a while to figure it all out The first meeting was just in the beginning. The years that followed were crazy. They interfered in our jobs and tried to play us against each other. (laughs) Sounds like Jigsaw from Saw. (laughs) I know. Actually, do you know what? Not too far off. That is what Stuart sometimes refers to. Like, huh? What was I going to say? That's sometimes when he calls my mother. Jigsaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's one of the more polite terms he uses. Can you, can you uh, a picture of Jigsaw to put on the podcast promo? <laughs> like, it'll be bags, it'll be you, me, and then Jigsaw. <laughs> like, <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, guys. Right, and speaking of, I don't watch horror movies, right? Right, sorry. <laughs> because, you know, once you've lived through Saw... <laughs> Once you've lived in the house with Jigsaw, you don't have to watch the film. You don't have to watch the movie, no. Um, so, <laughs> so. Sorry for those helpful comments that I just made. That's fine. That's what <laughs> it's all about. completely they enlightened. Inter- <laughs> they interfered in our jobs and tried to play us against each other. I laughed at that last bit, actually, because that 
just brings back so many weird memories of how they tried to this is the thing I think that that toxic people do a lot. Like they give one person one set of info and the other person another set of info. And if, and this is the thing, like uh, one of the, one of the strategies that we really used, uh, we're going to get to this a little bit later actually, but mm-hmm. is to, to talk to each other, right? Like yeah. if you keep communication open, then it becomes much harder to do this. Anyway, I'll continue to say what Stuart has to say about <laughs> it rather than me jumping in and speaking over him. I don't really want to go into many, many ways to try to ruin us just now. I just wanted to share with you the basics of how my partner and I figured it out and managed to escape my partner being me and I being Stuart. This is really confusing. (laughs) Now I'm referring to myself in third person for some upset. I know. Really is a house of mirrors in here. Hmm. Always compare notes. Abusers are always trying to play people against each other as we mentioned before they spread lies and make random accusations the best way to catch them out is to compare notes with your partner they may have received opposite information just to start trouble within your relationship i don't know have you ever had that with um... yeah i was actually just thinking that about this wasn't really in my family this was at the church and um we used to have these what what the pastor would call mentoring sessions but they were actually brainwashing sessions and we had to like it was mandatory like we had to go mm-hmm. once a week sit in the in her office with her and it was usually about an hour and a half but sometimes just up to three hours every week and she would program us so sometimes it would be um oftentimes with me and my brother it would be turning us against our mom like um doing they call it parental alienation because she wanted to be our mother and she would always talk about that so she would really pit us against our mom and talk about how like ungodly she was and how selfish she was and how mom was using us and all this kind of stuff and my poor mom was just she didn't have any recourse because we were just became more and more brainwashed and we believed all these horrible things about her. I think as well, like um, sometimes it's just about if you say, because obviously like that kind of brainwashing is super hard to kind of counteract because it's also not Mm -hmm. like you can't necessarily have a conversation with your mother about it. No, because you don't trust it. Right. So you don't trust the outside influence. So, well, there's that as well, but also there's like, I mean, it's tough to go to someone and say like, hey, this person is telling me that, you yeah. know, you're this awful person. That's, a, that's not an easy conversation to have with someone. But it's not. What, what my family often did was like give little, like um, they would say to me maybe like, oh, Stuart was saying this, or they would say to him like, oh, Mike's was saying that. And, and just kind of, you know, try and, and, get us to, to argue about like, why would you go behind my back and say shit like that? Right. right. And, and it wouldn't be stuff that we would have said. And so it became such a strategy of ours. Like every time we interacted with my family was to, okay, so what did they say about you? And what did mm. they say about me? Because then, yeah. because then we could have a conversation with it, but it was like painstaking, <laughs> like because yeah. every time we'd had an interaction, it would be like, well, can we talk about this? Because, and sometimes it was hilarious. I mean, some of the stuff that my mother right. came out to say about Stuart was just 
hilarious. And I, you know, it would just get to that point where you'd go to Stuart and like, you're never going to believe what my mom just said. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was that bizarre and ridiculous. Uh-huh. You know, there was one, uh, there's one day I remember when we were, um, we were moving furniture at my, out of my grandmother's house. She'd passed away. And Stuart and I were going to get like a chair and some dining room chairs and a, like, and like a, a comfy chair, right? But for some obscure reason beyond me, my mother had arranged that we were also getting a wardrobe and we were getting a, an, a like a, a, an extra bed and we were getting like all this stuff that we didn't know we were getting. And so we hadn't made any space for it in the house. And, of course, and, so, yeah. and all of a sudden it didn't all fit into my parents' car that I was driving with my mom so my sister took some of it and my aunt took some of it and they were going to all, all drop it off at our house. And so I called Stuart and I says, well, my aunt's coming over with some stuff and my sister's coming over with some stuff. And he says, well, no, because I'm dog sitting for your sister and you know that her dog and our neighbor's dog get into fights. So I don't want to have the front door open the whole time when people are carrying junk into my house that we didn't, even said we ever wanted right that's right yeah and so I was like okay that's fair enough good point you know what I'll have them take it to my parents house and then we can sort it later like we can decide whether or not we take it and because we lived close by anyway it was like a 10 minute drive or something and so I said to my aunt just go to my parents house and drop it there and then that'll be fine and so I'm driving back with my mother I can't believe I never crashed the car because it was just so weird. <laughs> so I'm driving back, right? And um, my mother says, like, so, uh, so Stuart wasn't able to just adjust his schedule, right? And I was like, well, you know, he was doing things and besides the thing with the dogs. And she goes like, yeah, I don't think that's what it is. I think he's autistic. And I was like, what? Oh God. Like, Being the psychologist that she is. I was like, what? What are you on about, dude? Like, we had a plan in place that had already yeah. been like changed twice in the week in the yeah. week leading up to that, right? So yeah, so Stuart, on that day he was like, No, we're sticking with the plan, right? Yeah, like, it's like if you have boundaries, you're autistic. Yeah, if you have boundaries, you're That's autistic. Shocking. It's shocking. Yeah. When I left the church, I heard from people who actually didn't believe the pastor because she went like on this massive smear campaign. It wasn't just the, the church I came from. It was quite a few different Isaac Network churches in the area. And she was telling people that I was going around showing off my cleavage all the time, <laughs> that I was being really, it's, which is what I do all the time. And, yeah, like, I mean, obviously now I'm in a place where I'm, like, you know, even if that was something I wanted to, it's, like, it's none of your business what I do with my body, like, whether I wear low-cut tops or not. Um, and yeah, like that's, it's no one's business. I don't because it's not my preferred sort of style. But, no, but I mean, but, but, but even if it was, that's even entirely if it was, your prerogative. That's entirely my prerogative. And it's yeah. not something you go around talking to other people about to discredit my, my stories of your abuse. Oh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the thing, right? Well, like, I didn't abuse her because she's, she's dressing provocatively. Yeah. Like, please, bitch. No. <laughs> right. So let's go back to like uh let's go back to what Stuart has to say about how to yes. deal with 
this house of mirror family of mine. <laughs> um, be careful what you share with the abuser. They all a little lot. I'm just going to rewind myself. No, actually, here. that's really good that you stopped there because I wanted to add something to that. Go for it. Go for it. Um, be careful what you share with the abuser. So our pastor was very, um, in hindsight, I look back and go, holy shit, like, we knew what she was like. We knew. She'd, yeah. she'd crack the shits at us for gossiping, like gossiping. She'd call it gossip, but mainly if it was about her and we were saying, like, I, I'm scared or, I'm, you know, I don't know if I should be at this church anymore. Um, as a sort of thought-stopping kind of, you know, a, a device. But um, I recently just found this out that one of the people who used to go to our church, they left long before I did, um, was actually a trans man. I didn't have a clue about this. But this person was having these mentoring sessions in inverted commas. Yeah. With her and disclosed that to her. And she had actually gone and told a few people. She actually outed this trans man to our people in our congregation, including my mum and somebody else. And my mum and I were just talking about it the other day and mum just said, I cannot believe she did that. That was none of my business. It was absolutely none of my business. And I mean, like, as a member of the queer community, one thing I can say is, like, you don't out other people. It's just, like, I mean, I know someone at the moment who's up to things that I am not okay with. And even now, I am. I will not out them. Queer people are already so stigmatised mm. and marginalised in society. And then on top of that, in the church, even worse. Like, you just, it's, it's like she got this, malicious delight from making him oh but she does like uh, i have she does i have no uh, makes her feel powerful makes her feel powerful and that's yeah yeah um right what Stuart has to say about it is they use all the information they can get their hands on so putting a boundary by being conscious about what you share is always a good idea the less they know the less ammunition they have Yes. It's it's very true. Like I, you know, I would have uh, like I think the best, probably the best example that I can give about that. Like um, when I, there was a time where when Stuart and I moved, and I sent a, uh, I'd, I this was, I already didn't have contact with my parents, but I was still talking to my sisters, and I sent them a letter saying like, hey, we moved, and like it all came about quite suddenly, but you know, I know that you guys, you know, like I know that you'll be happy for us because this opportunity came along. Right. And so it took my sister a month and a half-ish. And then she emailed me and she said she was really upset from at me for writing oh, yeah. this letter. And she was so angry. She, could, she hadn't been able to write before. And then she goes like, but let me know, what are you getting up to? What's your life like? Oh. And I was like, so no ulterior motive there. Exactly. And, it, you know, and it's so like, oh, so you're looking for some information to, you know, see what there is there to use that, you know, stuff that, that I like, whatever. So mad. So that's, that's what they're doing. They're constantly looking for information. The more they know, yeah. the more they can use against you. Right. So it's, true. it's totally true. Hey, Carrie, can I just interrupt the podcast for a second? 
Hey babe, I'd usually say yes, but I'm actually reading at the moment. It's a module from the Healing Academy called Maintaining Healthy Boundaries to Survive, Heal and Thrive. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, I've been finding it really helpful. What kind of things are you learning about? Uh, well, basically that boundaries are a way to define where the world ends and I begin. It's full of all kinds of different advice about how to express to other people what kind of behaviour is acceptable and unacceptable to me, how to protect my time and how to stop myself from feeling guilty about telling other people what my limitations are. That sounds incredible. <laughs> Babe, you do realise it's kind of weird that you sound so surprised by all this, right? I mean, you're the one who wrote the module. <laughs> <laughs> So for those people who didn't write it, but would like to read it in order to learn how to thrive after abuse, what should they do? It's super easy, Max. All they have to do is join the Healing Academy at www.swanwaters.com slash join. Sorry, I didn't catch that. Could you say that again? Sure. To access maintaining healthy boundaries to survive, heal and thrive, all you have to do is join the Healing Academy at www.swanwaters.com slash join. Cool, thanks. Well, back to the podcast. Yeah. Well, I got I feel I need, I want to share something about that too from my own life. It was after I left the church and I was friends with a woman who had claimed to have left as well. And keyword there being claimed. Um, she was a friend and I, you know, had had to leave home because I was being bullied so badly by members of my family and I had no job, nowhere to go all of that, you know, the drill. And um, I was sleeping on a mattress on her floor in the lounge because she was helping me in a tough situation. And I thought, oh, that's, you know, that was really lovely of her. And I noticed like on the floor in front of, like beside the mattress, there was like a little picture and it was a picture that used to belong in the church that I had belonged to. And I'm like, why does she have this? And then a couple of days after that, a mutual friend of ours, um, her parents invited me to go live with them out in the country until I figured out what my next move was. So I took them up on that offer. And on um, the next day, I moved in, slept there one night. And then the next morning I had a phone call and I got, like I was in the shower when I got the phone call. I came, checked the phone and I had a voicemail message and a missed call from my pastor. And I was like, what the fuck I hadn't heard from her in like a year and she like I knew immediately the person that I had stayed with overnight had told her something and I couldn't even listen to the message because I was so traumatized I was terrified of her so the person I was staying with and her mum they pressed play and we listened to it on speaker and they we were just like that fucking bitch she was like claim I'm so sorry I'm so like, you know, I'm so, I just want to ask your forgiveness for anything like this. And if there's anything I can do to, you know, she didn't mention anything about my family. She would have to reveal how she knew that. Mm. <clears throat> um, but she just wanted, she was apologizing profusely in a way that I'd never heard her apologize in the six years I was at that horrible house of mirrors, you yeah, know, yeah. that she called the palace, by the way, they literally named the building, the church wow. building, the palace. Isn't that fuck? <laughs> it's creepy. But, um, yeah, and so this person, I found out later that they, um, you know, a friend of our family, they were driving past the pastor's house and this friend, her car was there. So she was seeing the pastor behind my back claiming to have left the church 
Mm-hmm. and was reporting back to her about exactly that's the thing it's not always directly the the people themselves no. it's like the people they have people around they have their flying monkeys yes, yes that is do. a wizard divorce reference it is very um, true uh, but they do like they have people who they uh, you know have influenced or and sometimes i also think that sometimes people are uh flying monkeys unwittingly and this is i want to just get to Stuart's last point on this because he says be open and honest with your own family friends and family this is really something that the bad experiences has taught me because i did not confide in the people about what i was experiencing Mm. Um, my in-laws managed to get in there first and start rumors about me with very far-reaching effects if only I had even dropped a hint that I had a difficult relationship with them. It may have been enough for people to question the lies. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I think, you know, we are so, um, like, and, and even like, we think like, uh, you know, we may seem, uh, ungrateful. We may seem rude or whatever. Right. But like, um, like he says there, like if, even if, if he would have just dropped a hint, like, uh, yeah, uh, you know, we're having a bit, you know, it's the relationship with, with mm. Mags' parents is it's a bit, it's a bit troubled. It's not that easy. Then maybe, you know, people like one of the places where, um, where they got in first was um, mm. some people in his work and it actually, I mean, took a lot of sort of trickle down, but it that eventually... Yeah. Um, result in him losing his job and um, and we're like if they would have known that our relationship with them was troubled they may have come to him to say like hey you know your in-laws are saying this about you like what's going on right like it may have absolutely yeah it may not only have helped in terms of you know flagging lies that they were spreading about us but also it may have just helped us almost see it quicker because because the gaslighting doesn't work as well oh, right absolutely. Like the pl- absolutely when we're saying like compare notes with with the people closest to you like we said that at the start like you know we would compare notes every time we'd interact with my family yeah. but by doing that with sort of a larger group around you it can help you absolutely to see much quicker well that's exactly right and i mean like I feel like an I mean, example people you of trust is... and you don't have to go into too much detail. Exactly. All the time. But like yes. I said, like even just saying, Oh, that's a complicated relationship. Like it's, that's not, yeah. I'm not, I don't have a, a, you know, and for him it was, you know, it's easy enough to say like, I don't have a good relationship with my in-laws. Right. Yeah. That's not hugely controversial i guess no Uh, but it may have just been enough for people to question what was going on or to check in about it it. absolutely it's always good to have that outside party to confirm or deny that your suspicions are perhaps valid like i mean i don't know a month ago or whatever i sort of came to you and i told you about a person who had jokingly talked about punching my cat and calling my cat a loser. And I said, oh, like I told them I didn't like it and they made fun of me and their boyfriend made fun of me and it was all, it was quite, it was not nice. And um, I thought that I was a weirdo for 
feeling that that wasn't not okay like right to which i responded someone comes into my house to say they're gonna punch my animals they are out of my house animal to your animal not just yeah exactly and then calling it in a name like you were like that's not weird carrie like that is actually inappropriate and it's actually more than inappropriate it's horrible (laughs) you know it was like no i'm not crazy right because they were trying to make it out like i was being oversensitive and you know and but to have that outside sort of and i mean listen do you know what a lot of a lot of stuff comes down to context obviously right like of course but the thing is i think too often we're thinking oh maybe i'm being oversensitive but here's the thing especially someone comes into your house and says things to you or to your pet or about you or about your pet or whatever Mm -hmm. it's your house if it makes you you feel uncomfortable then you can say something about that absolutely it's your it's your what's the word um we all have different boundaries and we may not be able to understand everybody else's boundaries but we do need to respect them yeah and i think i mean i think the overall um the overall message that Stuart tried to kind of put into words here is that you know there's so see all the gaslighting and all the them trying to manipulate and and play games with us it really yeah. kind of distorts your sense of of reality and it makes you it question yourself your own sanity your own observations your own uh feelings about you know interactions and boundaries and things yeah. like that and i think you know be, it's it's you know it's good to be aware of what do i share with a person if i'm not sure about how that person's going to treat me then i may want to not overshare if yeah. i am um and and if i'm if i'm not sure about something maybe i should reach out to a trusted friend yeah. or a trusted family member and say like listen i don't know what's going on can you help me with this and yeah. um and you know and and yeah we are allowed those boundaries right we yes. are allowed to talk about these things and we're allowed to say to Absolutely. someone i'm not going to i'm not going to talk about this in the um in the healing academy workshop that we um we've been running about boundaries as well we had someone ask that question like what do i do when someone insists on information i don't want to share um yeah and the thing is like we so often we then kind of share the information because we kind of feel socially awkward if we don't but the thing is it's entirely your choice yeah and then when you actually step back and you go you reframe this you you sort of like look at it from a different angle and you go that person demanding information it's like we have no right like no one has any right to demand any information from them that we don't they don't want to give and i think as well sometimes it helps to flip it around right and think like if i was asking someone a personal question and they said to me i don't want to talk about it yes i was just going to say that right what would i do respect it yeah i would respect our boundary okay Mm -hmm. that's fine if you change your mind you know where to find me right yeah um so so sometimes it helps to just flip it on 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 the head and see like how would i respond if i was on the other side of this conversation yeah, it's true 
and that that kind of helps as well to think like okay so is this a, is this a healthy behavior that I'm that I'm not seeing yeah like, correctly or like or is this someone who's at the very least overstepping like not everybody who oversteps boundaries is automatically an abuser but you know no, it's definitely it's someone that, easy to do when you are different different kinds of people too absolutely you know, and it's like, fine but it's fine to but it's fine to actually say, I don't want to talk about it. And if they yeah. say, but you have to talk about it, you can say, no, I don't have yeah. to. And I'm not going to. Yes. And totally. walk away. Like that's okay. There's yeah. very few people who can demand you talk about something. And um, yeah. mostly those people work in law enforcement. Law enforcement. Yeah. <laughs> and even then. No, I'm not. I'm not encouraging that. By the way, just joking. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. But you know, whatever. Like, I'm. I'm just trying to make the point. Like, it's very rare that someone can make you talk about something. You. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, but so those three points were the points that Stuart wanted to make in his how very good blog post. Always compare notes. Be careful what you share with the abuser, and be open and honest with your friends and family. Yes, love I mean it. the good family, not the bad family. Good family. Yes, not toxic family. Bravo, Stuart. Bravo. Okay, so that's the end of this weird little podcast. (laughs) And we will be back next week. Bye. Bye.